Talking mushrooms. I like you. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Uh, thanks again for checking in to another episode of the podcast. Today's guest, we have BMX legend, uh, world-renowned ramp design and constructor, Nathan Wessel. Nate, hi. what's happening? Uh, chilling, man. I mean, crazy times right now, but uh, it's actually kind of nice because I'm usually on such such the go and like all the time doing some projects or traveling and when I come home I basically just chill so it's almost like I came home from a job and I'm like don't have anything going on till the next job so it's like nothing really has changed for me I feel bad for a lot of other people but uh I'm just enjoying my wife and kids and we're hanging every day. We are hanging every day. This is this definitely is a wild time. Sorry, I didn't turn off my stupid phone. Oh, my God. Foul. Foul. Here, I can pause it if you need to. No. All I was going to do, it was Joe, Joe Cups calling me right now, and the reason I called him before is because all the liquor stores are closed in Pennsylvania, and uh, they're open in Ohio, so I was going to have him go buy me liquor and send it to my house. That's quite a <laughs> delivery service right yeah. there. Just have him drive it out. That would be hilarious. It would Joe, be awesome, Joe yeah. totally would drive that out. But he's uh, he's one of the essential people because he owns a pizza shop, and he's he's building pizzas every day for people. I didn't realize he had a pizza shop. Yeah, Does he own that, it, or does he just oh, work his, there? His uh, father-in-law, um, I think it's his father-in-law, like has, uh, or maybe it's his stepdad or something. I don't know how all that stuff works or whatever, but anyways... I feel stupid because I don't know, but um, I've met him a bunch of times, but it's not his real father. Owns a pizza shop, and Joe, I think, is taking that stuff over, and he's there killing it every single day and making pies for uh, the community in Youngstown. Wow, that's awesome. So for some of the people, I would have to assume most of the people that don't know who Joe Cup is, he's actually a pretty influential part of your life. Why don't you, I guess, real quick, bring people up to speed that would have no idea so who Joe, he is. So Joe Cup is, uh, you know, Joe Cup and Steve Luckett started a skate park called Section 8 Skate Park. Um, I guess some of the older guys would know what park that is, but it was an iconic park in Ohio, and there was three iconic parks in Ohio, the Flow Skate Park, Changa World, and uh, Section 8. It was uh, pretty crazy because that kind of like, I think, molded the scenes in BMX around Ohio. I mean, there was a lot of rad trails and all that stuff. But, you know, during the winter months, like, those parks really, like, had it going on. But I met Joe um, way long ago. They had this other thing just called the warehouse in downtown Youngstown. And it was in this, like, super horrible part of town. People would end up getting murdered right outside the warehouse. And, I mean, Youngstown in general was just super sketchy. But... Every time I went and visited these dudes, like something crazy happened every single time. And that still to this day happens now. It's like I have stories for the rest of my life just like of Lou Bickle alone. But, you know, it's like we went to Rampage with Joe. It's just like it's a riot like all the way. Any trip that I've ever taken those guys, anything that like happened was just so nuts because that's where Catfish was from and – you know, it's like Lou Bickles from there, Steve Luckett, and just this whole crazy scene. Then Anthony Napolitan, Ronnie Napolitan grew up riding Section 8 Skate Park. You know, it's like I watched Anthony Napolitan knee-high to a grasshopper, not even able to jump a box jump, to every time I came back to ride the park, all of a sudden he's going three or four feet higher than I could on a quarter pipe. And I was like, what the hell? So it's like I got to see a lot of these kids, like, grow up and just legends like Jay Loichek and, like, watch the dude jump the spine and hit his back off the heater on the ceiling, you know. So uh, those dudes are legends in their own and everything they did, the warehouse and 
and uh you know section eight and uh love those guys for life definitely homies for life they are good dudes i remember catfish telling me some wild stories about the warehouse though uh i I don't think we need to go down that road but (laughs) it got a little heavy but um so it's for the x-rated podcast yeah maybe we'll we'll save that for for phase two of the podcast but uh the bonus extra credit so i guess uh everyone everyone on here there's a lot i have a lot of people uh, bmxers that listen to the podcast so they'll obviously know who you are but there are a lot of people that don't know who you are uh so when i said at the beginning that you were a ramp designer ramp construction and stuff like that uh that you basically um i mean obviously for me this is special just talking to you here because you are the reason i do what i do and i'm at where i'm at in life with building ramps and not even just building ramps but just the building ramps is what brought me to this part of where i am and you kind of helped me get to this point and and just you inspired me and not just me, I mean so many people, but myself personally, I can, I can attest that everything that I am, there's a small part that I owe to you because you have been like the pinnacle of ramp builder as far as I'm concerned for my entire life. You've been like the dude, which is, thank you. It's, I mean, that's, wow. it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to, to blow smoke or anything yeah. like that. I mean, that I'm say I'm being sincere. Like, no, what you have done it, it means a lot, John. Um I you know, a lot of people you know, I'll get an interview or something here or there and you know, that kind of gets told to me and it's just like I just I don't think I'm that because um you know, I really appreciate you saying that of course and uh all I try to do I try to help as many people out as possible and you know, teach the craft and this and that and uh you know it's it's been crazy through life, like in that respect, because I learn also in the same manner that like, say you, you said that I taught you everything or, or taught you a lot of stuff and made you not everything. Sorry. Uh, um, but helped get you where you're at. The same thing has happened to me though, because like there's people that I'll hire onto a job. I don't half the time. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just know that I'm going to do it and I'm going to try as hard as I can. And, the lowest guy on the totem pole will teach me something. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like that's sick. You know, it's like, so I always, I've always looked at it in that respect. Like if you think you're the top guy or you think you're the best, you've already lost your, you're, you know, it's like, that's not how you learn. Right. So I've always tried to learn from anybody and everybody and, uh, respect to anybody that's ever worked with me and been on any job or helped even create, you know, my company Wessel Builder done anything with me because it's not me. It's all of us together, you know, and it's, uh, I've really enjoyed showing people and teaching people and watching those people become the people, you know, the builders they are. And it's funny, you know, like bringing up a, another point that you said, you know, I think more people know me probably now as a builder than when I was a rider. And, you know, uh, I, I honestly was building stuff before riding because like I grew up and was a skateboarder and skated for eight years before I even started riding BMX. And my dad would help me build a grind rail in my driveway or a quarter pipe or something. And, and that's where I got started to build. And it's like, I, I didn't have being a professional, anything on my radar because I was like, that's never happening. I'm never going to get a photo in a magazine. I'm never going to get a video clip ever. So, but I know I can build ramps. Right. And my dad was asking me, where are you going in life? I'm like, I don't know, but I, I can build these ramps and I'll be able to like skate and ride still. This is awesome. 
And so I started building, went to Woodward as a camper and, uh, you know, was there and got hired the second week I was there after being a camper and ended up going from camper to director the same summer and building ramps. So I was building ramps before anything happened to me with riding. I just loved riding. And I honestly never thought like anything would ever happen with riding to me. And, uh, next thing you know, I just get calls. Hey, we want to give you this. We want to send you here. I was like, what? Really? Okay. Whatever. And I was building ramps through the whole scenario. Hey, we want to pay you this. And I'm like, Ex- excuse me. I'm like, I was just happy getting shoes for free, you know, like, and next thing you know, I was a BMX pro and I didn't know why, but you know, half of the reason of that, I just, I got to pay homage to dudes like Joe Rich and Taj Mahalich and the dudes that like basically said, fuck you to the industry and being a contest rider and said, we're going to do our own thing. And they opened a door for guys like me that did not do contests. And And they kind of changed the whole game as well. They changed the whole game for sure. You know, and it's just like. I love those dudes for life, you know, and it's, uh, it's crazy that that happened and an opportunity opened a door for me that I'd never even thought was possible. Cause like I wasn't trying to be a pro I was starting to make money building ramps and I was satisfied doing that and just like staying in the industry that way. So the day that I lost my paycheck, whatever, 10 or 15 years later, um, it's a sad day for, I think anybody in that boat, because like you kind of get a kick in the balls, like, fuck, you know, but new kids are coming up. And <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I was, people get pissed at me when I'd say I wasn't a good rider or whatever, but it's like, I did my own thing. Never really cared what people thought, but I always looked at all the dudes that I was surrounded by riders. Every single one of them were better than me. <laughs> all of them. Well, you know, it's like, I, no, dude, I mean, I don't care. It's like the kids of nowadays could do any of the things that I did back in the day with a bar spinner, with some better style. It's like I just, you know, happened to, you know, monster truck a lot of shit, and people really weren't doing that stuff back then, you know? Well, I think the way you you got to kind of put it in perspective, too, because nowadays everything is so far advanced to where it was back then, but you can't compare yourself then to now just because – Kids learn nose manuals down the road. No, and, right I, out and the I'm gates. not, and, and I don't compare myself to that. My my point is like I said. I guess I said two things on top of each other. My point is that like nowadays, kids like it's nothing what I was doing back then because they could do it with whatever. But but more than anything, the first thing I said was, you know, the guys that I was surrounded by on a daily, they were all like so fucking badass. Like they were the baddest dudes on the planet, and they're riding that they were doing back then still holds a candle to anything anybody's doing today. Well, same, same for you though, as well. I mean, you have a, pr- a couple pretty influential parts in BMX videos and stuff back in the day well, that, well, thank uh, you. I just, I always felt that I was trying to film too many things at once. Yeah. And I'm just, you're your own hardest critic, right? Fair enough. Yeah. So it's like, I was trying to film something for Fox and I was trying to film something for Square One, or I was trying to film something for Etnies, and I was trying to film something for, you know, it was just too many things, like, and, you know, trying to film something for T1. So I was, like, filming for four or five things at once, but I worked my ass off to do anything I did in any of those video parts, except right. for, like, the large gaps. You either do it or you die. <laughs> Fair. You know, and all my tech stuff that I did, I guess I considered it whatever anybody considers that shit, like spin a rooney shit. I try me two, 200 tries, but, like, I watch anybody else, like, they, they do that shit, like, 
first try, second try, whatever. And I'm like, God, they film video parts in three days. I, I just never could do that. I would always be hurt all the time. So I was always riding hurt or whatever. I just, I wish that, and yeah, I had a couple, you know, I guess, uh, you said, you know, some good video parts, but I, me, I always felt like if I could take a combination of like all of my best stuff and no one can do that, you know, because you filmed it just for that thing. But right. it's, you know, it's like, it happened to me. I went on a trip one time to like check some stuff out. And this is an example of what I'm talking about. Go on a trip to check some stuff out and filmed a couple rad things I was going to use for like T1 or something. And because I'd just come off an injury, Chris is making a new square one video and I barely have anything in the, in the second square one video because like I was honestly hurt the entire time just going on a trip to film for T1. And I took a couple clips that weren't even supposed to be for, uh, you know, the square one video. So I never even got the film for that part. Gotcha. And it's a bummer. Cause that, that's probably one of the, my favorite teams I was ever on because like, and I it's like, look at the dudes that were on that, you know? Monsters, monsters, dude. The best dudes in BMX were right. on because, like, Chris Bennett is like probably one of the raddest dudes that BMX has ever had. Like the, you know, like I, I don't even understand the words I'm trying to say right now. But BMX He's an influential is very, dude. very lucky to have Chris Bennett. Yeah, you know, absolutely. because like not only is like an amazing human, he's super freaking funny. He started like a rad company. All his friends are like just total homies, and we're like. Of course, I want to ride for you. Right. So he had seriously the best team in BMX ever with all of the best dudes. He's uh, such an influential person in BMX. And we live in the same state and only a couple hours away. And I've only even crossed paths with him a handful of times in my entire he's, career. He's and seriously the best ever. I just. I keep hearing that. And I'm like, and I feel we, just we got should on hang like out. some Facebook Live or Instagram Live thing the other day. And it was. It was freaking hilarious, man. I'll I'm bet. like, and I haven't had like Biz and like, you know, Mikey Aiken was on the phone and Chris, you know, like Chris Doyle got on for a little bit and Sesney was on there. And then like we were all bullshitting, laughing our asses oh off. Oh my gosh. TJ Lavin all of a sudden like was trying to chime in. I'm like, yo, what? And like we get TJ Lavin on there all of a sudden. I got off to get TJ on there and no it's way. just like, it was epic. So all these kids were like watching this thing and I'm like, the dude i haven't gotten to talk to all those dudes at the same time in a long time that's amazing but it's just like i have some of the best memories with all of those guys you know and some of the best road trips in my life and it's just uh it's it's awesome that everybody's still kind of it's like almost like you never you just pick up right where you leave off like and it was 10 years ago you know yeah it's crazy well i, I kind of want to get back to uh what you were saying earlier what you were starting to say it kind of uh, popped a thought in my head that I wanted to bring up to you is I feel the uh, uh, you I mean you kept saying you thought your parts were I guess inadequate to some other guys but I think what your part stood out to people the reason it stood out to people is just because it kind of shows who you are and even your ramp building shows who you are because you might you're not going to look at an obstacle or, or just anything just anything in life whatever it is an obstacle in life uh, you don't look at something and go the same route that everyone else will go because you'll see it and you'll kind of think of another wacky way to go at it. Or So, I mean, your riding was unique. Your ramp building is unique. Uh, just everything that you do is like has a little – there's a, a uniqueness to it, which I think it, people appreciate because you're not in that – you're not stuck in that box that everyone feels that they – 
have to stay in those parameters when riding or building or whatever. Like, oh, you build a ramp like this. That's that's how it's done. But you say, no, it it can be like this. Like, you can go. The world is your oyster. You can do anything you want. And it's, I think that's what made you stand out. It's hard. It's hard for me sometimes because like my riding really molded what uh, my ramp building is. You know, it's just I was looking at things differently. It's just, and the reason I started to is like. You know, it's like I, I knew that I could do a lot of the tricks that people were doing, but it, it didn't get me even stoked to like try them. You know, it's like reason being is like I just wanted to try to do something different. I wasn't like trying so hard, you know, to like do something different. I just, it just would come to me every day. I would just be sitting there. I'm like, I wonder if anybody's ever, wonder if, and it was more like transfers and stuff. But I'd be like, I wonder if you could take off here and land over there. And people are like, what are you looking at? uh nothing you know and it's I've, like i've said that to you in the past yeah and it's like it, it's those are the kind of things that like, i just had an, i just get this pop in my head and you know and i i'm very influenced by a lot of my friends that ride you know and of course and always was but i'd saw new tricks they were like working on and i'm like i think it would take me a lot more tries to learn those tricks but i think i could learn them i was good enough at riding that i think i could do a lot of that stuff like Take this, for instance, I, the first three whip I ever tried, I did it. I pulled it to pedals and was like, oh, sweet. And somebody's like, why don't you do this? I'm like, I just, so I was, somebody was like joking with me and like, hey, try a three whip. I'm like, oh, I've never tried that. And I did it, you know, and I did it first try. And I was like, like, why don't you do those? I'm like, that was total luck, you know, that that happened even. But I, I mean, I was stoked I did it, but it wasn't a trick that like, I'm stoked watching other people do it. And you know, it's like the first dudes that ever did that. Like you're looking at Brian Val and Adam Baker and like they can kill it every time. You know, it's a, right. I, I loved in watching those dudes do it. Yeah, in their sleep for sure. And it's like, wow, you know, and it's I just felt for me like it just wasn't my style of stuff. And it, it just like I like watching other people do it in their style. But it, to me, it felt I wasn't even that good at them. And I'm like just waiting to die trying to do it you know right. it was so uncontrollable to me and where those dudes like they know they're pulling it i'm just like i'm just gonna try this and and maybe the more i did i just it wasn't even psyched to like practice them enough that i'm just like i'm good i did one i'm done right right <laughs> yeah i don't need to do it ever again and it, it's just like i was more stoked to like well what can i you know i, I would try just weirder shit and i just I don't know that got me like super amped because like what aren't people thinking of you know and right. and that bled straight into my ramp building you know where I'm like I'm gonna I draw, draw something up and people are like why are we doing this like literally a lot of the people who work with me like probably are I mean pretty pissed off at me a lot of times because I'm pretty anal of what I want and a lot of people don't understand it I mean there's been guys on the crew like I don't get what we're doing I'm like, I try to explain it like, yeah, whatever, this is stupid. And we'd build it and then we'd start riding it after the fact and all of us would be riding. We'd do a couple lines on it and they're like, oh, okay. I gotcha. I understand why that's like that now. And I'm not trying to make the weirdest thing out there. I look at it and I look at lines and I make sure that like all the regular lines are good and nothing's in the way. You know, it's like... Right, no dead ends or and roadblocks. I've, and I fucked up. I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't fucked up before, but it's like I try to make all the normal lines that 
most people are going to ride. But then I drop the weird ones in there, but I try to keep those ones out of the way. It'll keep people wondering why the hell if that thing is there. But once you do that and open that line up and show somebody, they're like, I get why that's there now. It's And it's not in anybody else's way, but now you can do this weird line that – It's just probably, an added bonus. Yeah, and, and so that, that was kind of my goal. I just – my whole perception of that was like, and I, a lot of people aren't a fan of like Tim Payne. He gets a lot of hassle from BMX because like he's a skateboarder and people think he's against BMX and whatever. There's definitely some times he's had to make some decision and do some stuff. And I'm not saying it's all, you know, like he's the some God or whatever. And I mean, I really look up to Tim and the reason I started designing how I designed originally was because of Tim. Tim at the time was making these parks and building these parks that nobody understood. I'm like, I've never been to a park like this. Oh my God, what's that thing? And it blew my mind. He was so far ahead in the future with what he was doing at the time that people like the park, you know, it would get torn down before like it even really like took got, off. Yeah, and people could figure because, it out. Yeah, people couldn't even figure it out. But I was that made me so stoked the stuff that I saw and and I rode all those weird things. Like this is the best thing in the park. But other people weren't feeling that. It's just like, but that's not you know that's that's not going to make the park money. Sometimes you got to dumb it down and make the park money. So there's like right. a give and a take with some of that crazy stuff. But that's like where a lot of my influence started coming from, just like thinking outside the box. And I loved him for that. And I love that he has done stuff for BMX. I mean, it's gone both ways. So people can fight all day long over Tim, but he's he doesn't hate BMX. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of things you can sit there and look up that he's physically done for BMX. It's awesome. And yeah, he's a, he would make career suicide in the skateboard world if he's like, yo, I love BMX. Oh, absolutely. So it's like... Come on, man. Whatever. Who cares? It's you have like, to pick your battles. Pick your battles. And, you know, honestly, it's like you can sit there and spend all your time hating on something. Why not, you know, figure out something rad and positive and put all that hate or whatever you have and all the time and energy you're spending on hating on anybody? Put it towards, like, let's do something and what can you think of to build a park or you know, make BMX able to ride that skate park that they're, you know, it's like, why don't we put our energy towards that instead of, it's easy to gang up and be like, fuck that dude. Right. You know, it's like, I, I rather look at it different, you know? And it's, it's like, we, we haven't fought that. I feel BMX hasn't fought that war yet. 90 something percent of the skate parks out there are skate only. When are we going to step up to the plate and start fighting our war and let's drop a BMX park in next to every skate park. To get the city to be like, well, why the hell are we doing this? We have a perfectly – no shit. We have a perfectly good right. park that we can ride. Right, right. Let us in. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it is It is kind of crazy. I think it's going to – I mean, hopefully it's coming, but I think it's going to be a little while before we get to that point where we're kind of standing up for ourselves because BMX is notoriously – oh, there you go. Yeah. Crack, crack that soda right open. <laughs> soda monster. Soda monster. <laughs> Taj Mahalicha. Soda monster. He'd, he'd be like soaked from head to toe. I'd watch him go through like eight pairs of fox gloves, like so like soaked and drenched. And then he'd come into the ca- canteen or cafeteria and be like, soda monster. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm, I'm going to get to this, by the way. I do want some, some old school stories that I feel a lot of people will appreciate. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I think I remember, I remember you telling me this story forever ago. So hopefully I'm kind of not skewing it too much. But, uh, but I kind of wanted to get back into like how you got into ramp building. I know you said you, you kind of, your dad let you build some stuff in the yard and, and stuff like that. And it kind of snowballed, which is, I'm sure is kind of how it worked for, for you as well. But one thing, one story in particular that stood out that you told me a long time ago, and I think we were on our way out to X Games. We were on a road trip for we three had, we days. We had 40 hours to talk. We had 40 hours to talk, and yeah. it was, granted, there was, uh, comedy, heavy metal, and Howard Stern sprinkled in there, <laughs> and that was it. But, uh, but I remember you told me a story on, you needed to pat, pass a test or something, and you, you had to build something, and you didn't have anywhere to build it, so you built a mini ramp in your dorm room. It's, uh, I'm, uh, you want me to tell the whole story? Or? I mean, yeah, take, I mean, take this, your time. This whatever. is actually pretty messed up. So, and the reason it's messed up is because, like, I was taking, you know, I was an art major in school. I never really wanted to go to college, and uh, my parents wanted me to. My dad had started, um, you know, a fund for my brother and I, you know, when we were born. And, you know, thank God, you know, it was awesome that he did that because it's like my school was a lot cheaper, and I also had a scholarship to school for uh, pole vaulting. So it's like I helped pay for my school, too, and it's just a lot of random useless stuff I could do i guess or whatever i didn't know what i was gonna do as a career i had no clue i just was like i knew i wanted to ride my bike and i wanted to keep skating and um you know and i was pretty good i never even took shop class but i was real good with my hands and i was really good at art in school so i was like screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna do art you know whatever so i was just coasting through the art classes it was just super easy for me i'm like was always like real creative and you know, we'd have these art critique critiques and stuff, and I would all, my goal every time was just to push the professor's buttons, man. So I'd make the worst political art that was like I didn't even believe in or any. I didn't care. I just was like, <laughs> do it to piss people off on purpose, and like everybody would just like it was nuts, dude. And so I just it was a joke to me, and I was just I but I loved it at the same time, you know. And it's like, and it was kind of, you know, like started pushing me towards the like more what I wanted to do and stuff. But I just, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do like in life or a career of like with art. I'm like, all I know is I'll use it for the rest of my life. I loved it. I didn't know if I was going to get into graphic design or whatever. Cause I was doing computer art. I'm t terrible with the computer, but I can make visually a lot of, you know, cause I was, I basically started editing for props, like close to the end of my college years and whatnot. But but I didn't know how to like output the video. So it was like, that's what I mean about being terrible with computers, you know? So visually I can put stuff together. So like I'm going through like all these different scenarios in school and I make it to like sculpture three. And I'm just like, I set my classes up on purpose for only Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I could be gone from Friday, like Thursday after class when it was done. They were heavy days, but I would leave Thursday as soon as my class was done and be gone, like building at Chango World and, and Section 8 from like Thursday night all the way till like I'd stop building at like Tuesday at 4.30 in the morning. Genius. And like – pin it to school get there by 7 a.m and then 
and get make it to class, sleep in between classes, and then I would still I'd go back to Changa or Section Eight on Wednesday, like t- Tuesday evening I would leave, and then I'd come back Thursday morning. So I was only my roommates were just like, "Dude, where have you been? Like we haven't even seen you." I'm like it was nuts. Like so that's what I was doing in college, and I was building like full time and making Section Eight and Changa World, and uh, so. I think my sculpture three class, though, I kept skipping it and just so happens they had a thing called Dadism going on. The The sculpture two students were studying Dadism. Dadism is created by this dude, Henry Duchamp, and it, there's a real famous piece. It was a toilet with a spike coming out of the toilet. So basically what Dadism is, is you find found objects, say a toilet, you manipulate them for whatever and and people were like that's not fucking art people would get so mad at it because like they would just put this found object in a different scenario you know and people like that's not art so people were going I feel that's exactly what art is anything that gets you talking and exactly so it's like art's anything but dadism is that so this henry duchamp dude was like lighting people up way i don't even know when he started doing this but it was genius because he was just pissing people off. I'm gonna have to look this right. guy up. And he would like put his art in like not museums, but like he'd have art shows, and people were like so mad when they walked out of there. So they were doing this all around our campus, right? And uh, so as I was building at Chango World, um, there's two parts to this kind of. So like they would like somebody built a bathroom stall around a quad bench. So there was like a bench there. You could go in the bathroom stall. People are like, what the hell is this? But you open up the bathroom stall and there'd be a book in there and you could write whatever you want in there or, or graffiti it, do whatever. So that was like one of the other class people did that. But during all this going on, it just I'm lucky that this happened because they were studying that. And I was laughing because I saw it going on and I, I was in art history and knew what was going on. So it was pretty cool, you know. And uh, I would go to Changa and I'm like, I remember when I first came to college, I was – I tried to push people's buttons at the college because I was – I kind of get fucked with all the time, like by, you know, some of the – I don't know what you would call them, the upper management at at the school, like, didn't like me. I'd be BM, riding BMX everywhere and just like – The dean is after Nate. Oh, man, it was it was bad. So it's like they didn't like me at all and, like, it was a religious school and I just – I didn't realize that when I signed up. They are like, hey, you got to take this religion class and I'm like – uh, no, I'm never taking that. They're like, you're not graduating then. I'm like, what? So I made a, that's you. I'll tell that story second. Okay. Cause that one's, that was pretty funny. So, um, I decided when I was at Changa, I'm like, I'm going to build a mini ramp in my dorm room. Because when I first got to campus, I was, I saw the student handbook and it said all this stuff, like no hot tubs in your room. No construction other than a loft, all this like stuff. And I'm like, man, I want that to, before I leave here, I decided this my freshman year, before I leave here, I want that to say no mini ramps in your dorm room. Amazing. And I'm, I'm building a mini ramp, you know, screw this. So I was at Chango, we we're throwing some material at, and I'm like, dude, that's per, I'm like, Scott, can I have this stuff? Scott Powell of Chango World. And they're like, he's like, yeah, I don't care. So I, I mean, I was building all the ramps for free anyway. I was making nothing. He bought me a nail gun and a saw. That's what I got for building Chango World, you know? <laughs> that's another, that sounds about right, That's actually. another story in itself. That, that was Chango One. Right. I got paid for some other stuff in the future. 
um, when I did like Chenga 2 and stuff. But so I cut everything out. Afro Pat, Pat Schrader, um, is helping us build all this stuff. He was dying laughing. I don't even think I had, I had an 86 Buick Sentry at the time or something I couldn't carry wood in. Right. And oh no, I had, uh, it was a Pontiac Bonneville SSE. Whoa. It was my brother's car. It had all these ground effects on it and shit, and this car ended up getting stolen. <laughs> and everything I packed up from college and had all my snowboard gear and my BMX shit, and it got stolen and stripped. With all the stuff in with it? With all my shit in it. So um, back to – but that's, what, that's the car I had. So Afro Pat – came up and he's dying laughing he's like i'll help you build a mini ramp in your dorm room so we we seriously built it on a weekend at like three in the morning with just like no impact drills just like regular drill drivers so it was like more quiet Quiet. we built this thing over the weekend like in like a couple hours because i pre-cut everything and we just slammed it in there we're dying laughing and then it's like and it was like sunday night that we did that and we go i had class the next day so i walk in to my uh, and he's like, man, how are you gonna get this piece of plywood around this pipe? I'm like, uh, I know where a bandsaw is. Let's let's go over to the shop. This is the first time all semester that I have I haven't even gone to class one time for for my sculpture three <laughs> class, not once. <laughs> and my 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 teacher's in there. He's fucking furious. Like when I roll in, Wessel, what are you doing? I'm like. I'm working on my project. He's like, where have you been all this whole semester? I'm like, it's pretty crazy. I'm like, you're going to freak out when you see what I did. And he's just like, he doesn't understand. And he's like, what is it? I'm like, it's big. That's all I said. That's all I said. And Pat's just like sitting there like, what? So he's, Pat was with you. Pat's this. with me. Amazing. I just have this dude with, and he had a full like crazy Fu Manchu thing going oh, yeah. on. Looks so gnarly, and he's like, "Who's this dude?" And and Pat's just laughing. He's just, I just kept saying it was big, and he's like, "What?" He, he tried to get me to explain it. I'm like, "You just, you, you're really gonna have to like come over and just see it at some point." And I'm, he sees me. I cut this thing out like all circular. He's like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "It's it's big. You got You just have to come see it, you know." And I just never gave him up any info. And uh, we rolled out of there, and Pat's like, "What was that?" I'm like, "I haven't been there the entire semester. Like, I'm probably gonna fail the class." I'm like, it's game over. And it's like, if I fail that class, I'm failing out of college. Like, cause I was doing really good in most of my classes, you know, but that one you haven't attended. Well, once. Th- here's the other, here was the other issue. I went on road fools and it was my first road fools. I went on and basically, uh, basically when I went on that trip, if you miss, if you have more than three unexcused absences, you start going down a letter grade every single day. I was going on the trip for two weeks. I was going to fail really? school completely. Which Road Fools was this? Do you remember? Like, where did you go? I'm sure some oh, of the, some I, I of the BMX it, nerds can piece that either, together. I think I went on three through seven. Three through seven. Okay. Because we went to, the first time I was on it, we went to Changa. The first one, is, three is Changa. Four, I think is, oh gosh, it's been yeah, so long. Yeah, so I went on three through seven. Okay. So it was the first trip, and I'm like, I basically went into my art teacher's. And uh, I was like, hey, I have this trip that I'm going to – and I'm like, these dudes hate me because all I do – I said this earlier. All I do is push people's buttons. Right. And I was like pissing them off every time I was in class or anything that I was doing. They, I thought they hated me. And I went into like Al Goad, who was my Sculpture 3 teacher, and I was just like, you know, I got this trip, and it's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. 
And I basically am going to fail out of school if I go on it. And he basically sat down and was like, look, Nate, um, they, he listened to what I had to say. And he's like, all right, come back to me or whatever. And I go back the next day and he's like, look, Nate, you can go on the trip, you know, as long as you make up the work or like work harder before you leave. I mean, since the day we saw you step foot on this property, like all you do, all we see is on your bike, you're on your bike, just riding everywhere. We see you in town. We know that that's all you're going to do. And that's what you're going to do after you leave school. So yeah, you can go on the strip as long as you. Just, and I was like, I was blown away because I thought these dudes hated me. Right. And it gave me so much respect. Like maybe like eight years ago, I hit up my teacher, like one of my teachers that I gave the hardest time, and I was like, I was seriously crying and like called him and I just thanked him. So you know, I was like, I seriously can't believe you guys did that for me, and I was such an asshole, you know. And it's like just respect to those teachers, like, right? for dealing with my bullshit because all I did was push buttons and was doing stuff as a joke, but like all, but learning the whole time and I'll get yelled at every day and in trouble every single day, you know? And, um, so back to like, you know, like the D day, um, basically like didn't go back to class. Then there was like, I think I missed two more classes after this and spring break comes around, go on spring break. I go down to Austin and hanging out with Joe and Taj, like, you know, just whatever. I'd always go down to Austin, like, hang with those dudes, and we'd just get a ton of riding in. Came back from spring break, and there was an – I come back, and it's, like, so late at night. Like, I don't know, it's 3.30 in the morning, and there's a note on my door. It's, like, immediately report to superintendent's office and whatever. I just tore it and threw it on the ground, didn't even finish reading it, don't even give a shit, because they do room inspection. And I'm like, I knew they found the mini ramp. Obviously. And uh, I had this double bunk bed because like, there was times that we were skating this mini ramp and the RA would come to the room and be like, what the fuck are you? I'm like, oh, sorry, we were just wrestling. And he couldn't see. I never let him in the room. I had a double bunk bed and my room was massive. It was like, it was like, a, it was right above the college dorm room door so we could make more noise. But it was, it was gnarly when we were riding the ramp. And uh, I had a double bunk bed and had an American flag hanging so you couldn't see past it. So no one could see in my room. And they tried to, multiple times to get into my room. Why are you making – and they were like, what the hell, trying to look around? But they couldn't see anything except for an American flag, you know. And so, uh, oh, we were just wrestling. Sorry, we'll stop, you know. Like, And we would have, like, our shirts off and stuff, like, sweating, like, because we were sessioning this ramp. Like, yeah, these dudes are gay, you know, like, whatever. Yeah, they were wrestling, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck was going on in that room, you know? So um, I, ha I go into the superintendent's office. I was getting kicked out of school, getting fined almost $15,000. What? Yeah. So construction other than a loft, fire hazards, all kinds of wild shit. They were fucking losing their minds. Losing their minds. And I laughed because I wish I could get the Polaroid photos. They had two Polaroid photos because they couldn't fit the whole ramp in a Polaroid <laughs> of each side. And I was crying, laughing. And I have no video footage of this because I had this uh, a VX1000 that like I was getting repaired at the time. That Oh, um, my god! So I have no video footage of it. Of like that time period. And I was just like, damn it, you know? So I had this mini ramp there and I was getting kicked out of school. And just as he's yelling at me, the superintendent's yelling at me, he hates me, wants me out of school because I definitely caused a lot of problems. And I'm like, 
um, it's an art project. And he just laughs in my face. I'm like, does your teacher know that's an art project? I'm like, haven't you seen all the stuff going on around campus with, like, Dadaism? He's like, I don't know what Dadaism is. I try to explain it to him. And he doesn't even want to hear it. He's loose. And he's like, all right, whatever. I'll I'll talk to your teacher. But, like, you're, you're screwed, basically. And he's, he wanted me kicked out of school. So I uh, beelined it straight over to my teacher's office. I get there. He's already on the phone with the superintendent. I'm like, I'm fucked. Like, my teacher has no idea what I did. And you're about to go show. And I haven't even gone to class the entire semester. I'm done. And he's just like, he looks up and he just rolls his eyes so bad. He's like, he doesn't, I'm like, oh, he doesn't like me either. You know, like, damn it, I'm done. And he, and then he uh, doesn't even say anything to me, hangs up the phone. He like is all slow, turns around, picks up his jacket, puts it on. He's like, let's go see this thing. (laughs) So we walked all the way across campus. We're going to my room. And I'm not really even saying much. I don't even need – I'm like, man, I I just I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wish I – you know, I wanted this whole thing to be a surprise. I didn't even really know what to say because, like, Sculpture 3, the students in there weren't studying anything they were doing. But I'm like, I just sparked an idea, and it's taken me all semester to do this and put this thing together. Built the thing in fucking two and a half hours. <laughs> and I we roll up to my room. I open the door, and he's like – I'm like, oh, man, I, the next step was, like, I was going to paint this thing and do all this stuff. And, like, and I started explaining, like, this is, like, my – and I started getting all art faggish in it, you know. Like, this is <laughs> this is my, um, like, my living room table. And it's, like, I – you know, this is where I'd wake up. And, and I started, like, saying all this stuff to him. And he just, like, yo, just Your inspiration and everything. Yeah, and, and I didn't know what to say because I'm, like, I'm about to get kicked out of school, you know. So I You're went just for making it, it up. And right then, then he just, dude, he gets like down. He's like, he's losing his mind. He's like all bent down, like almost like, and he's not like looking back and forth. And he's like, what? Like he's freaking out. Like, how did you do this? And I'm like, oh, dude, it took me all semester, man. And he's just like, holy crap. And the, so he's going nuts. He doesn't say a lot other than he's like, this is amazing. And I told him what I want, which was all bullshit. I told him what I wanted to, how I wanted to finish it. And he's like, don't do anything. And I'm like, all right. And then he called me into his office like three days later. He's like, look, you got to take the ramp down like immediately. Like it's done. Like you, it's got to go right now. But, uh, you know, it's like we'll talk later what your grade is going to be for this. I'm like, I'm still – I'm failing. I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> and so I uh, – he doesn't even tell me what it is. He won't tell me. I get my report card. I got an A- in the no class. No way. I showed up to class two and a half times <laughs> and the one we entire a, semester. And one time you brought a friend. You brought Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my show and tell. This is <laughs> yeah, dude. That's the story of that ramp. And oh my gosh! All all charges got dismissed, and I just had to have the ramp out of there like within like twenty four hours. You Amazing. Know? So it came apart so fast, and like Pat came up, I think again, and we threw all the lumber in his truck and. We went and rode that night, and it was what awesome. another amazing human though, Pat Schrader, <laughs> Afro Pat Schrader, one of my favorite people. But oh my gosh, what a great! Look him story. up; he's a tattoo artist and a total badass. What so. a great, what a great story! That was that was awesome. I usually try to get one good story out of everyone if I can, and I would say that was a <laughs> an, a monster of a story right there. I like that. I and it's all yeah, the I, stuff about my school was messed up, man. I like. I think I liked it even better the second time. The first time I heard it, I was just like taken aback by the story, and hearing it again, I'm like, 
wow, like it was watching your favorite movie again. Like it's like, oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> so that was that was pretty awesome. So, all right, well, that was great. So thank you for that. So, <laughs> uh, one thing that I did want to mention, and because you mentioned something earlier, so I kind of wanted to go back to it. Not that I I keep trying to go in reverse or anything, but you mentioned something about teaching people like ramp building skills yep. and, and stuff like that. And I was just talking with, and you might know exactly where I'm going as soon as I, I mentioned this name, Bo Lambert. Oh, yep. Bo Lambert at Rye Airfield. We were just talking about you recently. You get brought up in a lot of conversations because <laughs> you were kind of how we met and crossed paths. Yeah. And even though I'd met him a few times before, but that time when you and I went up to Rye Airfield to build, it just – when, cause you, that was right when you tore your ACL for your first time. If I'm not, either way, you had to go get knee surgery. Yeah. So when, so we got this whole section done except for these couple corners, which I'd never built a corner. I was still pretty green at the time. I was still pretty new, uh, as far as the ramp building thing. And you, you were like, this is how you do it. You cut it like this, do it like this, yada, yada, yada. I'm See really you later. Bad. I'm, out. I'm really bad at certain things teaching wise. I would say that was good and bad because you kind of showed me, but then you were out. You're like, peace, I'm out. I got to go. Like my surgery is tomorrow. I'm out. And I'm like, okay. And then Bo looked at me and he's like, did you get all that? And I'm like, yeah, I I should be good. (laughs) Well, but it was just like, you kind of threw me into the fire and I, I love you for that because if you actually like, showed me slowly and were there the whole time and I was able to have you answer questions. I don't think I would have kind of gone on to experiment the way I did because mm. it kind of threw me into this pit. It's like, all right, you have to dig your way out. You have to figure your way out. Yeah. Cause otherwise the park was just going to have a, a hole. Honestly, and I wouldn't have been able like to do my it. My first corners I ever did. I just, I went for it. I didn't, I didn't have anybody to ask. And that's why, that's why I'm so thankful because, because you did that and I had to figure it out. That kind of made me say, Oh, I was able to figure it out. Yep. So from then on out, I was like, what other weird bends, blends or For whatever sure. from this? How do I make this ramp kind of blend or turn into that ramp? And then it just made me kind of have that mentality as opposed to, I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It made me. I say, think that this question gets asked to me sometimes. Not not that you even ask this question, but like a lot of people like ask, like where does that all come from? I'm like the first couple things I ever did. I built corners. I built blends. I started. That's where I started and never stopped. So I just was building weird shit from day one. Yeah. You know when I physically started building Changa, that's what we did. Just built. I'm like, what's the weirdest thing I can think of? It wasn't so much that, but it's like I'm gonna build a corner. They're like, do you even know how? I'm like, I just said yes, but hell no, I didn't know how. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and I started with one of the hardest corners, which I think they're the easiest corners at the same time. But when you start a corner and they touch at the bottom, you can basically use the radius of the trainer you're using. Right. Well, the first corner I ever built was like an open radius. So I had no idea how to figure it out. It was so messed up how I did it. It was totally wrong, but it worked. And I was stoked because I was like, uh, they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just figuring it out as I go. And that was my, so I built a harder corner my first try ever. And it's like so much easier to do it now 
because we use totally different techniques. But I think even, and I don't remember telling you any of that stuff, but I know my style of teaching is messed up because I use weird techniques to do, to cut corners anyways. You know, there's a proper way to do it. I don't teach that because the way I do it, I feel is a little bit faster. I cut, I cut corners, not in, um, not in a way that it's like bad, you know, like it's just different. It's It's just different. different. So it's like, but I've, most of the people I've taught, it's funny because like, I'll try to teach somebody and they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, look, this is the only way I know because this is how I do it. And I, you don't have to do that. There are other ways to do it, but this is the way I'll show you. I'll show you my techniques. I feel they're faster. And the people that I have taught that pick those techniques up, they're probably the fastest bull corner builders. Honestly, I could put them next to other people and they'll, they'll smoke them, you know? Right. And, you know, and they're probably faster than me, you know, because a lot of times I was just going and setting corners up and let other people fill them in. in, So those dudes got like so good at that craft that like I wasn't even building corners anymore. Right. You know, and it's not that I can't do it, but it's just like I, I try to hire people that are better than my skill set. Right. Why not? You know, it's right. like I'm not scared to admit it. It's like hire people that are better than you and surround yourself with fucking amazing humans. Right. And whatever. And it's like you're going to have a killer project. You know, oh, absolutely. And that's why it's it's not about me. It's about like the people that you're putting around you and your team. It's about the project yeah. overall and who who helped get you there. So you're just a small part in the machine. Yeah, I mean. It, and that's that's you in a nutshell because, I mean, granted, I think we're here for a reason and I kind of wanted you here. And I've always wanted to talk to you and having this podcast kind of platform was such – was one of my first – I was like, Nate, I, I want to talk to Nate and ask him oh, some stoked. funny stories. Seriously and, stoked you. Yeah, and we're going to be doing this again at some wait. point. We're going to. Uh, but uh, – but I think that's just like who you are as a person because even what you just said, it's not you. It's the team. It's the crew. It's the project. I mean I think I said the project. But where you were going uh, with it, uh, I mean you would just bend over backwards for anybody, whether you knew them or not. And you are such a good human being and it's just so nice to be able to know you as much – as like personally as I do and be able to call you a friend. It's like Nate is such a – genuine person like if you needed help like you you saved one of your buddies lives a couple weeks ago for pete's sake like i don't i don't want you to get that that that. one was gnarly man yeah like i mean you're you're just that person like and back in the day like your your persona was like you're a heavy metal dude so like anyone like when i first met you I was scared of you, and I'm, I'm gonna. Tell, I get I get that one all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this just real quick. I mean, my first time meeting you, I was a camper at Woodward, yep. and I think I don't know when you started working, but this was probably around ninety seven or eight. Ninety five. Okay, working. so you probably you're fresh on the scene. Yep. So Hollywood was our counselor, <laughs> I love Mike Brancato yeah. from. Uh, I never even there. knew his. I knew it was Mike, but I didn't know his last name. I, I just always called him Hollywood. Oh, Holly, Hollywood! He came yeah. to an Impact skate uh, skate park contest. Impact, which was Kevin Robinson's skate park up yeah. in Providence. He came to one of the contests, and one of my buddies, who's such a trip, uh, 
he, whenever it was Hollywood's turn, he'd be like, Hollywood. <laughs> like, he would just have this weird, like, it was just so funny. So, like, ever, every time, and I got to know Hollywood pretty well as well. So, like, every time I see him, whether or not I see it, I'm just like, Hollywood. But anyway, so me and my friends that were at camp as campers, like, we were just kind of messing with him all the time, being loud in our cabin late at night, just being up late. And he was like, I, I for some reason think he was getting in trouble because something we did or yeah. something and you came in and the lights were off at this time. So it was after 11, the lights were off. Oh, so there was only the bug light and you came in and you're, I mean, you're an intimidating person, let alone the, like, I don't, I don't even know the, the, the darkened image of you just in the <laughs> shadows, like just walked in with your deep voice. You're like, Hey, this is my good friend, Mike Hollywood. <laughs> like, you be good. You just chill out. And uh, just what you said, I was just like, I, I my hands were at my sides. I just stared at the ceiling and tried to go to sleep as fast. But it was just so funny because, like, back then, I was scared of you. I mean, admittedly, yeah. but then once I got to know you, I was like, what a sweet, cute person Nate is. <laughs> and it's just so funny because you're you kind of are both. Like, yeah. you can you can play both. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, you don't want to see my mean side. It sucks. I've man. seen I, it and it I sucks. Don't, I don't like it. I hate it. I don't want to be that. And it comes out, man, and I, I can't stand it. And, yeah, uh, but it comes out for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, you're human. What can, what can you say? It's just who you are. But I just – I love you and I <laughs> know you. everyone else does and you're an awesome person. Um, but I guess just because we're getting, we're getting close, uh, I think – uh, the podcast, they only allow us to put on an hour ones. I okay. think I've squeaked on. So we'll try to kind of wrap this up quick. Cool. But I just wanted to say thanks for, for coming. Or yeah. Thanks for – I'd say coming, but I'm at your house. So yeah. you've always been here. Thanks for having <laughs> well, me. Well, actually, you were here. But no, this is the reason you're saying that is because you were here and I was gone. That's true, actually. And I actually <laughs> came to meet you at my house. I, I, I came over to your house to work on a project and you weren't here and you're just like, oh, yeah, just start anyway. So you're right. I was here working on a project at your house. There you go. So, so thank you for being you and everything. Uh, is it – so I, I want to – I don't want to say like thanks, say thanks and whatever. But is there anything that you'd want to say? Like any funny stories? Like any like um, – any parting thoughts? There, there's another counselor thoughts? named Mike that was at Woodward one time and just reminded – I don't ever remember this stuff or whatever, but there was they were going nuts in the cabin. They had had like three other problems. There's a bunch of like New Jersey kids in that cabin, and they were over it. Everybody was pissed. They're like, Nate, you got to come and like try to calm this down. And like, and I'm like, all right, uh, whatever. Was, I hated doing it, but I also worked so much during the day. I barely got riding time, and then you'd get called riding at night and get called like, hey, you got to deal with this cabin. I've only been on my bike 15 minutes. I haven't even ridden all week. I'm going to, I'm going to wreck havoc on this cabin. You know, so like you would, <laughs> so the cabin was going nuts this one night and they, everybody was over it. I got to the cabin first and I just yanked the door open. I'm like, what the fuck? And I like, I flipped out and everybody was dead silent and I hear nobody was moving. Not even, there was like 10 directors behind me and it was dead silent. I was like, what? What's going on? What? Why did everybody stop? I ripped the door straight off the hinges when I opened the door. Holy smokes! I, did, I mean, I ripped the door. I just, I was pissed, and everybody, and I was, and then I walk, and I saw, and like I saw the door laying there. I was like, oh my god! And I walked in. I was like, 
I don't want to hear another noise out of any of you. I listened to fucking death metal or whatever I said, you know, and then I, I walked out, I walked out of there and walked off the porch and everybody was dead silent. And I think Dave Osband was the director at the time. He walked up and like grabbed the door with like just these wide open eyes and he like set it, just sets it there. there. He walked back and he's like, what the fuck? That was awesome. That was awesome. You know? And I was like, uh, I didn't mean to do that, but I was pretty pissed off, you know, like it was insane. Well, Amazing. Thanks, thanks for uh, reminding me of that one. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to have to start writing some of these stories down when uh, when we're talking just a little bit. Whenever we're writing, I'll just write them down. We should make time. this a, a regular thing because like – Oh, I plan a, on it. As we're like – because I don't remember a lot of these things, but something might spark my memory and something. I got a million stories, of course, of like – Weird shit like that. That's why you're such a good dude because no matter what, there's no like lull. There's no like blank space. Like in a conversation, it's constant. constant. I'm sorry. I talk too much. Don't be sorry. It's great. (laughs) You help fill the time. Like we went out to to LA three times, drove across the country. So 40 hours there, 40 hours back, three years. Not to mention this one time that John's never done this ever again. He helped me drive all the rest of the times, but we we drove out there and like, seriously, like it was either be windy or construction or whatever. And I have a lifted truck in this trailer and we're driving and we get into construction. I was like dead. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm about to fall asleep. John, can you, Oh, hold on. Let me get through this construction zone. And it was two hours of construction or some shit. And, uh, And then all of a sudden i look over and john would be sleeping i'm like oh screw it i'll just keep going and then you know and this is awesome because like this kept happening so i mean i'm like 18 or 20 hours in of driving and we're watching we're not watching anything but like so john said like what it's like comedy or metal or whatever so john sees uh what anchorman and he puts it in my dvd player but all we're doing is listening to it because we're both in the passenger and driver's seat. So the the movie's playing and and we're just cracking up at like what Will Ferrell and everybody else is saying in the movie, right? So we're just dying laughing. And then I'm ser- it's starting to get tired and I'm just like, oh man, this sucks. And I look over John's sleeping. I'm like, oh crap. And we get, it was either rain or the rain stopped or something. And I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, like it stopped. And, uh, and I look over and John's still sleeping. I'm like, damn it, dude. I'm so tired. All of a sudden something happens funny in the movie. Somebody says something. And then I hear John go, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, John's awake. And I go, John, and thank God you're awake. John, John laughed at this movie in his dead sleep, like zonked out. He's laughing at what, like whatever Will Ferrell. I'm like, John, are you seriously asleep? No words. I'm like, you're joking with me right now. I'm talking to John. No, he's passed out. He laughed at the movie out loud. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. And then I was like, screw it. And I pulled off at the next exit. I fell asleep. Fell asleep for like two and a half hours. All of a sudden, I wake up. I'm like, oh, I, oh. And John's like, oh, you need me to drive? I'm like, no, I'm good now. And I kept driving. So out of that trip, John drove two and a half hours only out of 40. <laughs> Out of 40 hours, John drove two and a half hours because I did let him drive, but he drove two and a half hours out of 40 hours. I drove the entire trip. We never shut my truck off once. We let it – when, when I slept, we, it idled. We, dude, for seriously like three days straight, my truck ran. It was awesome. So apparently that's a precursor because I didn't realize this. I didn't know it at the time, but Kelly, my wife – uh 
she says I walk, I like stand up, like I'll stand up and like march in bed, like in my sleep, <laughs> like I'll stand up and like crawl around, like I'll get up and walk around, but she says I never leave the bed. I get up and I'll walk around, like stand up. You want to hear the best sleepwalking story <laughs> ever? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't care. Uh, we're getting close, but who cares? I want to hear it. I'm going to, I'll edit it up. Dude, we'll straight, make it work. straight up. So my kids sleepwalk. I sleptwalk my whole life. My mom would tell me all the stuff that I would do. And I'm like, I never believed her ever. I'm like, yeah, right, mom. No, you went into your closet. I heard this noise and you were in your closet just throwing all your your clothes out that I just folded that day. I was like, no way. I didn't do that. I'm like, they were all, they're all in my closet. And she's like, yeah, I came up here and fold. I'm like, mom, you're nuts. Never believed her. My kids do this stuff. So this is seriously freaking crazy. I'm away on a trip working somewhere. My wife calls me. She's like, you will never believe what your daughter did. I'm like, what are you talking about? She sends me photos. I'm like, what am I looking at right now? There's shit in the sink, in the fucking bathroom sink. There's shit in the bathroom sink. Oh, my God. I'm like, what what the hell is going on? She's like, your daughter woke up in the middle of the night. And so she she must have, like, slept, walk over to the toilet. The toilet was full. Like, it it had, like, a bunch of toilet paper in, whatever. Nobody flushed it. For some goddamn odd, odd reason, she got up. On the sink and shit in the sink. I have the photo of this. I, I have a photo of this. It's nuts. We could use that as your, your episode cover. <laughs> Dude, and I have a photo of this because, like, she my, – my wife didn't understand it. She's like, Nyla, get in here right now. She's screaming at Nyla. She's like, Nyla, look around this bathroom. Tell me if you see something that's weird. She looks all over the place. She's like, Mom, what are you talking about? She's like, look harder. She's like, what? I, I don't see anything. She's like, look in the sink. And she looks in the sink and she's like, mom, there's poop in there. What is that? She's like, that, that was you. She's like, what? And she didn't even know she did it. Had no, Nyla sleepwalks more. She just did it like three days ago. She slept, walked down and she'll come down and say like babble nonsense to me. Sentences that don't make sense at all. And I'm like, are you okay, honey? And and then she walks away and goes back to bed. It's nuts. She shit in the sink. <laughs> and she wiped her ass. She wiped her ass and put all the toilet paper. It was just laying up on the counter. We, we were, I couldn't believe it. I have a photo of this. Who that? So like that, that's like, she slept walk like Chuck Norris level. That's yeah. That's a different kind of level. That's impressive. Yeah. It was insane. I, I don't, I mean, she crushed me. I threw clothes out of a closet. She just she lame. T- yeah, I mean, dude, I I'm like an instigator, and my friends know me as that. I usually get other people to do stuff I don't want to do. You know, she just like blew right past me, like stepped up that level times ten. Amazing. Yeah, so. amazing. I would say that's a perfect way to end this. That's amazing, <laughs> Nate. I love you. You're a brother. I love you forever. You're my favorite. Thank love you so you too, much. Uh, Thank you. Is there anything you want people to know? Do you have Instagram or any of that dude, stuff? Dude, like, honestly, have- follow any dude that has ever been on any of my jobs because, like, they got a lot of rad shit going on. And, uh, you know, Ron, Ron Kimler, um, Aaron Bostrom, Ryan Corrigan, Burley Matt, uh, Matt Jabot, 
uh, John Saxton. Um, the list is pretty much endless, the guys that I, I've worked with. but Heavy hitters right there. Dude, every single one of those dudes have, like, their own companies gone. You need a ramp built. Don't call me. Call them, man, because, like, they're – they crush it. They crush it every day, and they do some of the raddest projects on the planet, man. So check all those dudes out and give them a follow. And uh, love those dudes, man, because they, they helped – all of those dudes helped build my company, you know, like ages ago to what it is. And um, hopefully uh, I can help build theirs, man, because, like, they deserve everything that they got coming, man. Like, they're badasses. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you're, you're – uh... You're a great human, Nate. I love, you. I love you forever. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, you keep listening. We'll keep making them. So thank you guys very much. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Naivety Toilet Water, the aftermarket sparkling bubbly toilet water. No one is using regular tap water anymore because they're way too fancy, and this is becoming known as the champagne of toilet water. You would rather go in the sink than mess this toilet water up. This is the toilet water that makes all other toilet water poo itself. Now available in your local imagination.